Hewler and Motes are on the air. This is the Steelers Blitz on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. SNR, Steelers Nation Radio. What's going on, Steelers Nation Radio? On the day before, the day before, inside the Electric Factory with Euler and Motes for the next two hours. It's Steelers Blitz on SNR. You already know the drill. You want to chime in anytime over the next two hours. You can do so on Twitter at Wesley Euler at DeBody52. DeBody. Arthur Motes. What's the word, my friend? Steelers Bengals. It's a. It's meant a little something for for a while. You mm-hmm. you think Steelers Bengals over the last you know five years or so, and man, there's a lot of bad blood, a lot of bad blood, a lot of memorable moments, <sighs> a lot of highs, a lot of lows, a lot of significant moments and significant yes. games, regular season playoffs, playoff implications, star power in terms of names. Mm-hmm. The, the the usual suspects in terms of cast members. Yeah, except for. To, not tomorrow, two days from now, Sunday. Because yeah, it's the penultimate to the penultimate. It's the penultimate to the penultimate. Now. You know how this does. Uh, you know we do. You mentioned those cast of characters, and suddenly, though, the cast of characters in this matchup has changed pretty drastically. Mm-hmm. Uh, Marvin Lewis, gone. Andy Dalton on the bench. Ben Roethlisberger, out for the season. Vontez Perfect and Pac-Man Jones, gone. Uh, A.J. Green, injured for the season. On the Steelers' side of the football, now James Conner and Juju Smith-Schuster looking unavailable for Sunday. While there's still a lot of familiar faces, there's also uh, a lot of new cast of characters that are going to be thrust into the spotlight on Sunday afternoon. Yeah, it definitely will be. And usually you have that reset, right? Every couple of years you have to have that new cast that comes in. And the one thing in terms of... The Steelers, they've always been fortunate that their next wave of players have been able to still be top-notch guys, Mm -hmm. guys that are known around the league and things on that nature. Whereas the Bengals this go-around, they really don't have that. Yeah. With no A.J. Green out there, obviously no Dalton, your biggest name right now from an offensive standpoint is Joe Mixon, and he's really good, but he's surrounded by so many either average or below average players that is definitely dimming his light yes so to speak and then from a defensive standpoint you're just kind of like who <laughs> I mean you, you obviously you have William Jackson and Drake Kirk Patrick but those guys are names that you could say to a casual fan and they're gonna know who they are right even with Geno uh, I think Geno Atkins and Carlos Dunlap will probably be the most known guys for them I would agree particularly in, you know in football circles, right, those right. are football well-respected circles, yes. guys, well-respected names. Yeah, but other than that, it's just like they have a ton of just, I feel like, role players that are in starting positions. Yes. Which is dangerous. Yes, <laughs> which is the reason that they're still looking for their first win on the season. Yes, indeed. And you look at the Steelers too, Motsi, and they were able to handily beat this Bengals team on Monday Night Football a few weeks ago. But the Steelers in that game had 326 yards in that 27-3 victory. 140 of those yards came from James Conner and Juju Smith-Schuster. Mm-hmm. Not only are you going to be without those guys, you're also going to be without Deontay Johnson. Uh, well, I guess I shouldn't say that. We're waiting to see if he's cleared concussion protocol. But we know what we say about the protocol, But baby. we know what we say about the protocol. So let's say this. At, at best, right, I think it's okay to say 
you could have Deontay Johnson, you could have Benny Snell, but they're not going to be 100% full go. Correct. Deontay Johnson still recovering from the concussion. Benny Snell coming back from that knee injury in his first return to action. Fair to think that the margin of error is going to be pretty small in this one and that it's going to be a low-scoring game? I think this whole season, ever since the rest the, of the way, yeah, ever since well, the yeah. Ben injury <laughs> in true. particular, ever since the Ben, ever since Ben went down, the margin of error has drastically decreased mm-hmm. because you don't have the same firepower from an offensive standpoint. You can't go into games saying, "Hey, a team can score seven, and we're going to be more than fine. We're going to be more than capable." Right in terms of responding to them and finding ways to be successful. So I think in that regard, it's going to be critical that the Steelers, when they're on offense, understand that they have to take care of the ball. Mm -hmm. You have to. Point blank, period. Yeah, because if Deontay Johnson, even if he is coming back to play on Sunday and he's your best receiver and threat right now, you still don't know in terms of the duration of a game. How long is he going to be available to you? We talked about Benny Snell and all the concerns in that department even if he does come back and play on Sunday, which is looking like. Yes, yes. We still haven't seen him in the bell cow uh, role yet. So Correct. those are all the things that he's going to have to get accustomed to, and we're going to have to see how it plays out for him as well. Now, when we talk about the quarterback position, we know the challenges that are there in terms of Mason having to take care of the ball, Mason having to be more efficient mm-hmm. and more accurate. So these are all the things that we're going to all be paying attention to come Sunday to see how the Steelers team can figure out a way to get it done from an offensive standpoint. And a lot of things going hand-in-hand there, right? You talk about Mason and his need to be more accurate, and and we know that the offensive line needs to do a better job in run and pass protection, uh, more so in the run game. They've, they've been okay in, in pass protection so, so far this season. Uh, we know the Steelers have to get the run game going. They'd like to get the tight ends more involved. They'd like to distribute the ball to their playmaker. There's a lot of things working hand-in-hand here for the offense while they're also working shorthanded, you know, without their full artillery of weapons. Do you think, though, that in a, a Bengals defense that has had their struggles this season, they, they've looked good at times, but for the most part, they've had their struggles this season. Uh, in the Steelers coaching staff, particularly on the offensive side of the ball, that is very familiar with, with things that the Bengals are trying to do, is this, is this more of a, let me put it this way, is this more of a, like we saw the first time the Steelers played the Bengals, right? Where they came out with the Wildcat and it was a, hey, we're 0-3. We got to do whatever we can do to win here. It doesn't matter establishing an identity, you know, getting right, all these things that we like to say as fans and media. That doesn't matter. All that matters is winning. Is it that simple for the Steelers this time again? Or do would you like to see them start to get some rhythm and flow on offense? Yeah, at this point of the season, optics don't matter. It's to the point now they have to stay in the race. They have to stay in the hunt. They know that when you're looking at wild card spots, they're what a game behind the Raiders and they're two games behind the Bills. Mm-hmm. So in in that regard, you don't think about, hey, I have to find a way to look good while I win. You just have to find a way to get the job done. It really doesn't matter what it looks like. And when you think about how they've won versus the Rams, that was very, that wasn't a pretty win for those no, guys. It no. was very ugly in terms of a. Uh, optic standpoint but at the end of the day they count it as a win and that's what it's about so I think going into this game if you're Randy Feekner and you're this offense you're not 
worried about the style points of, hey, Mason has to throw for X amount of yards or they need to have this much rushing yards. Just find different creative ways to have you be successful. And that could be when you're on a short field, drawing up more effective plays so they can actually score points in the red zone where they've struggled at mightily this season. Right. That could be one of the things as well. Understanding that, hey, we got Jalen Samuels, we have Benny Snell in some type of capacity. Should we go to some of the pony personnel where we're using both backs on the field at the same time? These are some of the things that they're going to need to think about and implement in order for them to be successful come Sunday. I agree. Again, a lot of moving parts, a lot of things that work hand in hand, a lot of production absent for the Steelers, which doesn't help. But what does help, again, is that it's that 0-10 Bengals team, a team that Get this, Motsi. You know I did some research. Uh-oh. You know, you, I, got you, some, you know I got some notes and you, some information. You, you are the research. You are the note. Since December of 2006, right, so about 13 years here, mm-hmm. Steelers are 22-5 and five against the Cincinnati Bengals since December of yeah. 2006. 22-5. Well, I was going to say, my four years, we only dropped one to them, so. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> On Twitter, at Wesley Euler, at TheBody52. TheBody. Mark chimes in here, and he says... The Here We Go song is on double secret probation pending the results of this week's game. Wow. They, a see, win, you keep know it what's coming, Sinatra. He says, a win, keep it coming, Sinatra. A loss, send it to the mothball. You know what's funny, man? You're sitting here at <laughs> four and one, and this is how they think about you. This is you. how they do me. Four and one. I told you some guy called in and told Tunch and Wolf that it was my fault, that they, our fault that they lost last four weekend. Four and one. Think about that. Four and one. I had the same conversation with Missy Matthews. That's an 80% listen, win listen. percentage. I had the you same conversation that? with Missy Matthews of the Steelers. We were doing Steelers TV. Me, her, and Tunch. We do our keys to the mm-hmm. game. Mm-hmm. I've been going first the past five weeks. I was four and one. They switched it up. Tell me, hey, man, you lost. You the bad luck. We got to switch. I'm like, bro, I'm four and one. What were, what was our record before I started going first? Just think about that. That would be like if Josh Bell was doing <laughs> was hitting, was out to bat five times, right, and got four, four hits, four home runs, four, four doubles. Runs, and, then, and then he has one strikeout. They're like, hey, we're going to switch him up. We got to move you, man. We got to move you in the batting order. It's crazy. Yeah, come on. Wow. On. But I do like to keep it coming, Sinatra. I mean, hey. I'll, I'll take that. I'll take that. Jeez, Sinatra. Uh, Arthur Motes, we did get a couple questions on Twitter about this, mm-hmm. and I think we could discuss it briefly. We're not going to let it dominate our show today. Correct. Um, but what I want to know, I don't want to get back into to Mason Rudolph and Miles Garrett and all the stuff that happened yesterday, and he said, and she said, and who said, and hearsay, and, and who do you believe, and what do you not believe, right. and what should happen, and this and that. All that I want to know is, what do you think the Steelers' focus level is like at this point, coming off... A, a, a frustrating loss to the Bengals where the things that transpired at the end of that game have been the sports story in the entire world, in the entire media, this entire week, and it's not going away, and the Browns are coming back to coming to Pittsburgh, back on the schedule again next week. What do you think the Steelers' focus level is at this point? And is, is that something that you should be concerned about? I honestly don't know. I They've said the right things, but then again, how often have they been asked about anything Bengals-related? I haven't heard too much about Not it. Not at all. So that's one of the things that I think we're really going to see their focus level come Sunday. We're going to see how prepared they looked, how uh, efficient and productive they are come Sunday because this is something that, like you said, it, it overshadowed everything that transpired in the game. Yes, in terms of the the four quarters and everything that transpired 100%. before the ending of it. So you look at that, and then after that, you know they play them again next week. So literally all the conversation has been 
amongst that and nothing about the Bengals, nothing about the personnel, nothing about the game plan. Nothing about the poor performance against the Browns. Right. So in that regard, it's hard to know how locked in those guys truly are. Yeah. But you're just banking on their professionalism. I'm banking on Coach Tomlin, who does a phenomenal job in terms of getting guys prepared to play mentally getting those guys prepared to play the younger players in Tevin Jones mm -hmm. and Johnny Holt who might have to step up again if Deontay isn't clear from the and protocol Benny and, and Benny, absolutely so I think with coach Tomlin I hang my hat on that because I know how he's operated through numerous situations like this whether it was the negative publicity from a, a nasty situation think when we had the issues with Burfick Sure. With the Bengals. And sure. then he's also dead. And when his big game's coming up, think when we're getting ready to play a big playoff matchup or a big game a following week. And he understands, hey, this is a week that we have to zero in and focus in on this particular appointment, uh, this particular opponent. So one of the things that Coach Tom always talks about is this is always going to be the biggest game of the year because it's the sure. next one. And it's cliche, but in Pittsburgh, they abide by that 100%. Particularly when you're 5-5 five and five and in a wild card yeah. hunt. Because every game matters now. You cannot drop these type of games right here. It's, I mean, really, realistically, they're one or two losses away from it being over. Mm -hmm. And that's a situation where your back's against the wall, so you can't afford to just overlook an opponent or be so enamored with the upcoming, with the future, that you don't take care of business in, in the present. So I think in that regard, the Steelers definitely. I don't like I said, we're we're gonna find out 100% come Sunday. Mm -hmm, Sunday one o'clock. But I'm banking on Coach Tomlin having those guys prepared to go. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned you're you're a, a loss or two from it being all over, and that's something we haven't experienced in Pittsburgh. Meaningless December football. Oh, since, don't say that. Since oh. 2003, 2002. It's been a long time, baby. It's been a long time, and. We, we we you and I have talked about right. We laid out four themes for the Steelers at the beginning of the season. One of those was shut out the noise, mm -hmm. and man, it hasn't necessarily happened in the traditional, you know, the the Lev Bell holdout and some of the stuff that transpired with Antonio Brown. I think we all thought of that as noise. It's been different kind of noise this year. Yes. It's been losing your franchise quarterback six weeks into the season. It's been the tragic passing of your wide receiver coach during training camp. And now it's it's some of this stuff that transpired against the Browns, right? I, I think this is a real litmus test for that whole shut out the noise mantra and how they can kind of turn the page and focus fully on the Bengals this yeah, Sunday. Yeah, definitely. This is, I mean, that mantra in terms of shut out the noise, like you said, it doesn't just focus solely on the negative publicity. It's so many good stuff too, yeah. So many variables that have transpired, so many good and bad things. It's been a we crazy talked about year. how a week ago we had to talk about, hey, if you're this Steelers defense shutting out the noise of people talking about how, how great, great you, you are. are. Yeah. I mean, every week, every week you have to zero in and focus in. And this is another one of those matchups where they have to do that because let's be real, this Bengals team, if they go in there half ready or a little less than ready, don't don't think this Bengals team cannot be victorious because they can. They proved that even last week on the road, as bad as they were, mm -hmm. as as undermanned as they are, they still took an Oakland Raiders team to the wire, and that Oakland team is sitting what in the sixth spot right now yep. for the wild card. Yep. So in that regard, just understand you have to come in here and play your game. You have to come in here and be zeroed in and focused on the minutia and the details that are associated with playing quality football. So when we talk about that shutting out the noise, this is a prime example of that. On Twitter, at Wesley Euler, at TheBody52. The body.
Cincinnati. When we come back here, we will continue to look at Steelers, Bengals, get into some of the matchups, get into some of the keys of the game because, you know, nobody does keys of the game, right? Except for <laughs> you on Steelers <laughs> TV. That's it. Yeah, we're we're the right, only ones right, who do right. keys of the game. <laughs> we'll get into some of that as well as your reaction on Twitter when we return. It's the day before the day before. My favorite. It's the penultimate to the penultimate. Inside the Electric Factory on a Friday, you are listening to Euler and Motes. It's Steelers Blitz on SNR. This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. Singularly focused on the Cincinnati Bengals. That's what Mike Tomlin said. That's the... You know, the Tomlinism that I would imagine he's preaching this week to the team in, in wake of all the distraction and all the things going on uh, leading up to this game on Twitter. At Wesley Euler, at Body 52 Dubai. Our buddy Thrash says, I can't wait to hear the Bengals noises Motsi makes during the Here We Go song. <laughs> About 20 minutes from now, we will uh, we'll sing our, our Here We Go song. You know, I'm going to give you what you want. Cincinnati Bengals <laughs> version, the best hype man in the business. I'm going to give you what you want, baby. Arthur Motes. Uh, I got some keys, though, for you here, Motesy, as we look ahead to Steelers Bungles. All you right? got the keys, the keys, the keys? I got them keys, keys, keys. Hey, hey, hey. And I'm going to tickle the ivories here with some keys. Will you go to work Ooh. then, my brother? And you know, this is a completely original. Nobody else anywhere in radio, in media. In journalism, does Man, you're the keys best to the of the game. best. Everyone knows that. Nobody else does keys to the game except for us. Just like I'm the only person who believes in Tom Brady and the Patriots. Nobody believes in Nobody. those guys. Well, you do got that TB12 stick on your car, so that does not. Yeah, Terry me. Bowden, number twelve wide receiver, West doesn't, Virginia. He's West not even Virginia a real Mountaineers. person. You made that guy up. Everybody knows that man. <laughs> he's not even a real person. I'm pretty sure he person. didn't. He coach East Carolina for a few years. Sounds like a bum. <laughs> Sounds like a fake guy. You made <laughs> him up. <laughs> keys of the game, Arthur Motes, a Positive performance for the offensive line. I want to look back, you know, Sunday at about 4.30 when the game is over, 4 o'clock, 4.30, and say, you know what, there's not a doubt in my mind that the offensive line won the matchup that side of the ball in the trenches. Absolutely. They have to do that. And when you're looking at that Bengals defense, too, we know they got Geno Atkins, we know they have Carlos Dunlap, but when you watch those guys on tape, Gino isn't giving the same type of effort on plays that are away uh, from him. He's making some business decisions. Yeah, and then with Carlos, he only wants to play hard on pass downs. That's very evident. And then when you look at the rest of the guys in that box, there's nobody that makes you say, hey, we really have to put extra detail on him in right. terms of Sam Hubbard. He's been playing good situationally. Carl, uh, Carl Lawson is definitely a pass rush guy. But the linebacker can play. Nick Vigil. Jermaine Pratt, like, what are we talking about? Nameless here? gray, nameless faces. gray faces. So I fully expect, even with no pouncy, I fully expect this offensive line to be the best unit on the field when that when that Steelers offense is out there. I agree, and they need to be, they should be, 
and hopefully an opponent that's ripe for them to uh, to get back moving in the right direction. And also with the offensive line performance, keeping Mason Rudolph upright, keeping him clean in the pocket is part of this. You know, not having him scrambling for his life, not having him get happy feet back there, keeping him comfortable, keeping him upright, a big part of this as well. And too. speaking of that, man, keeping him upright, we did see sometimes last game versus the Browns where they were able to get pressure on him, even though yes. they weren't getting the sacks. Yes. Even I mean, when you watch the Jalen Samuels touchdown pass, it's pressure coming right upside the middle. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be important that they minimize that element of their game in a hurry because it's nothing worse than having a young quarterback who already has a lot on their plate in terms of going through their reads, in terms of trying to find the right receivers and making the throws. And having a bunch of new guys involved this right. week. No it, Juju, you don't no wanna, James Conner. And you don't want to add to that plate by having him worry about the pressure that's going to be coming on him. Think Ryan Finley. He's a prime example of that. He has a tone on his plate, and they cannot give him two and three seconds to just sit back and make a nice throw. He's under duress right now. So if if the Steelers' offensive line is trying to help Mason out, keep him clean, man. Keep him clean. Speaking of Mason Rudolph, another key I got for you here is – Continue to grow, continue to show us flashes, get better with the Mason Rudolph to James Washington connection. We've seen flashes of it. We have. We know the history that they had together during their time at Okie State. Uh, with James uh, with James Conner out, with Juju Smith-Schuster out, with Deontay Johnson's health status uh, a little cloudy, with Benny Snell coming back from missing a few weeks to injury, I, I really think... If Mason Rudolph and James Washington can get on the same page early, if they can link up once or twice a quarter, you know, seven or eight targets, something like that, for five or six receptions, I think that would go a long way into the offense finding some rhythm, both of those guys gaining confidence, and I think that would open up some avenues for some other guys on the offense as well. Rudolph and Washington connection, another key for Sunday. Well, yes, indeed, and the thing that was frustrating to me in terms of James Washington this past week. Going into that Thursday night game, he had put together two really good performances. Yes. Two of his best performances, seeing him stack those on top of each other. And I thought Thursday night he was he, he was very underwhelmed in terms I was very underwhelmed in terms of his performance. He wasn't being quarterback friendly. He wasn't getting open in the manner that he was in those previous weeks, and that's something that I definitely expected him to do versus Cleveland. Now, he's going to get a, a far better opportunity this week, but understand this. You're out there earlier means you're going to go against better talent. Typically, you know, he was coming in there, and he has Juju. You have Deontay Johnson as well, so the matchup that he was getting was going to be more favorable. Now, this week, minus Juju, yeah, man, there there are starting quarterbacks corners for the, the Bengals they're not bad in terms of uh, Darquez Denard and William Jackson the third. Mm-hmm. Now, it's different if he was going to get the third corner, BWF. Right. Out, and that's my guy, too, man, BWF. from the same hometown, 757, former teammate of mine. But it's different if he's matching it with him yes. versus William Jackson and, and Darquez. Like, those, the, the drop-off between those guys is very significant. But what I do expect from James is this. You have that size. Utilize it. Mm-hmm. Utilize it. We've seen it in, in spurts. We've seen it in right. flashes. And that's the thing that's frustrating, but that's what you see typically with younger players in this league. The really good young players, they find ways to be consistent early in their career. The ones who 
one minute look great, one minute don't. Those are the kind that drive you crazy because you don't know what to expect. Right. I want to hang my hat on and I want to bank on we're getting the James Washington from that Colts game, the James Washington from that Rams game. But when you see him play the Browns in that performance, when you think about some of his performances from earlier in the season, you just don't know what he's going to give you. And from an offensive standpoint, it's hard to game plan that when you don't know which James I'm getting. Right. And I think that's something that he has to understand and has to get better at because, like I said, as a young player in this league, that's not easy to do. No. To find that consistency that week to week. And people always want to make it simple like, oh, well, Juju did it. Well, Juju's going through it right now as well. Mm-hmm. It's different, man. It's it's a different situation for players. And it's something that, like you said, he has to focus on more. But I do think he has what it takes. He just has to continue to work on his details and get more detail-oriented, especially when you're playing at this level because the talent gap is so small. That was the second key. Rudolph to Washington continued to establish kickstart even that connection. Key number three. They got to be better in the red zone. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not breaking any news here. What? <laughs> this this is new to me. <laughs> the Pittsburgh Steelers <laughs> are the most. There's 32 teams in the National Football League. It's 32. Last time I checked. Okay. When the last time you checked, though? <laughs> right now. Right now <laughs> just, just right now when I'm looking at these. All right. Numbers. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> the Steelers are 28th in red zone Yikes. efficiency. 28 out of 32. Oh man, so they're not bad. Ah, that 28, got uh, you They are scoring touchdowns when they get into the red zone Less than 42% of the time That's the bad news The worst news is on the road That number drops even more 33% Ooh. of the time Now, on the bright side Cincinnati's worse. Cincinnati's 30th out of 32. They've got a 35.7, so about a 36% touchdown conversion rate in the red zone. And they're they're 30. Actually, they get a little bit better at home. They're 38%. What is their at defense home. ranking though in the red zone? Because that's really what the, the question is here. Yeah. Because I'm not concerned about the Bengals. I'm not concerned about the Bengals. I'm not concerned about the Bengals trying to score in the red zone versus this Steelers defense. I'm very confident in the Steelers' ability to stop them and force them to make field goals or get the turnovers. But what I'm concerned about Uh-oh. is, Uh-oh. yeah, this Bengals red zone defense. NFL team red zone percentage, de- uh-huh. uh, team defensive red zone scoring percentage. Cincinnati's fifth best in the league. Whew. San Francisco's in front of them, Denver's in front of them, New England's in front of them, Minnesota's in front of them, Baltimore right on their heels. But the Bengals have the fifth best red zone defense. Wow. When it comes to limiting touchdowns, when it That's comes to holding do, huh? opponents to field goals or nothing, fifth best in the league, Arthur Motes. Well, they did show last week versus Oakland that, too. Yes, exactly. Man. Exactly. All right. All right. What, what do the Steelers rank on that? The Steelers rank on that 14th. So not bad. Towards the front half of the league, they rank 14th on that, on the, on the defensive side of the football. Uh, the Bengals are a team that is they're, – they're looking at this, I think, as saying, okay, we have to capitalize on the red zone, right, mm-hmm. on offense and defense. Our defense has been good at keeping teams out of the red uh, – keeping teams out of the end zone. we got to capitalize on offense. If we want to stay in this game, if we want to win this game, we have to have success in the red zone. So, Arthur Motes, your third key of the game is the Steelers got to be better in the red zone on offense and defense as well, too. Yes, indeed. According to those stats, that's 100% correct. And like I said, man, watching the tape last week, uh, the Bengals versus the Raiders, when the Bengals got in the red zone, they did find ways to get points up. And the flip side of that was when the Bengals were on defense in the red zone, they did have some stops. Yeah. 
So, whew. Mark says, we don't seek comfort. We seek results for hey, red zone performance. Talk about it, man. You better cut your <laughs> eyelids off if you blink, my friend. Uh, last one, pretty simple here, but it was the first time that it didn't go the Steelers' way last week in a long time. Uh, I think since week one. You got to win the turnover battle. Plain and simple. Uh, that'll put your offense in better situations. That'll put your that'll keep your defense rested and, and allowing your defense to play the game that they want to play, not on a short field. Final fourth key, you got to win the turnover battle. Yeah, without a doubt, man. Minus 11 for the Bengals in turnover ratio. And they've allowed 36 sacks on the year. Yes. So Get a ton, of, ton of pressure they allow, a ton of sacks they allow. They turn the ball over a lot. And that's both with Finley and with uh, Andy Dalton when he was out there as well. So understanding that you got to take full advantage of it. And I think that that bodes well for this Steelers defense that has proven to be very optimistic in terms of their creating of turnovers. So I think when you're looking at that, this opportunistic defense, this bodes well because it's something that they do at an elite level versus something that the Bengals do at a very JV-like level. So your four keys, positive performance from the offensive line, keeping Mason Rudolph upright. Mason Rudolph to James Washington, getting that connection kick-started. Get the Wi-Fi lit, baby. Being better than the Bengals in the red zone, particularly when the Steelers have the ball, but both sides of the ball. And to win the turnover battle. Simple, yet sophisticated, Arthur Motes. I like it. David chimes in. Excited to see what we can do with Deion Kane. Six foot two guy with speed. I really think he can help us open up the middle of the field and let the Vanimal work the middle. Here's to hoping. Do you expect anything from the guys that, that have just come into the organization, just joined the Steelers, I guess what would have been Saturday of last week? So they did have a little bit of extra time with the Steelers playing on Thursday. But what realistically can you expect from these from these new faces? I don't expect much from them, honestly. I think with D.I. Kane, we'll see him more in a special teams role. I think that when you're talking about the receivers, they're going to be implementing. If uh, Deontay is good to go, you're going to see heavy Deontay, James yes. Washington. Yes. And as much as people get on Johnny Holton, you're going to see him. Tevin Jones, you're going to see him because mm-hmm. those guys have been in the system. They've mm-hmm. been a part of this organization all offseason, all year long. So they know the intricacies. They know the combinations. They know the checks. I don't care how much people want to say they're surprised at Deion Kane and how much he's understood and learned over this first couple of days. At the end of the day, you're not going to tell me a guy who's been here for a week has a better understanding right. of a, of an offense than a guy who's been here since OTAs. That's just not how it works in this league. And it's not as if Dion is this elite-level talent or just super productive player either. So in that regard – you have to understand that it's going to be a pecking order in terms of who they put out there and who they feel most comfortable with as well. So that's why I think the way that we're going to see those new guys is going to be special teams first, and they'll play sparingly offensively, situationally offensively. Yes, yes. But I don't expect – I'm not hanging a lot of my hope in those guys being super productive come Sunday. I'm with you, David. Here's the hoping, but I think maybe – realistically hoping for more production from those guys in the future correct when they've got more time to, to get acclimated and things but hey you never know crazy things have happened you're all right Deion kane wants to go off in the jungle in cincinnati i won't hate it hey no question it. i, I, I will come it. in here and gladly say hey man i was wrong on monday <laughs> i was completely wrong i hope i get to say that <laughs> on twitter at wesley Euler at the body 52 the body when we come back here we'll do a little singing oh uh-oh 
Like, here we go? Like, here we go. Okay. Our Cincinnati Bengals version of the Here We Go song as we continue to break down our scouting report oh, yeah. of Steelers-Bengals on the day before the day before the penultimate to the penultimate. Stay with us here. We're having some fun. It's the Electric Factory. You're listening to Euler Remote, Steelers Blitz on SNR. This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. Inside the Electric Factory, Eula Remotes on the day before the day before getting ready for Steelers Bengals. Motsi, you know, we like a we have a nice um pop culture element to our show, I think, right? Shout out to DJ Wes. We uh you know, we like to talk about music, we like to talk about Easy. video games and TV shows and movies. Jesus. Nine year anniversary Whew. of this album, Arthur Motes. Mm, it's my beautiful Dark. Twist twisted. Fantasy. Classic. Oh, Best Kanye album for your money? Oh, man. That's I up there. St- I still like Graduation the most, but this would be Graduation is tough because Graduation is like, that's the intro. That's like, you know, but College Dropout for me, college I College Dropout was great. I mean, you think why his, 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 his discography. discography is tough. Yeah, it really is. 808 Heartbreaks. His, his first like 10 years. Yeah. Man. Man. But I love this one. This, I felt like this album... Still was a little underrated. I agree. People didn't appreciate it when it first dropped, but that's with a lot of his music. You don't appreciate when it first comes out. You're like, oh, this is different. This is crazy. And then you look back and you're like, yo, that's tough. Mm-hmm. I'm with you. Yeah. I'm with you. Nine years ago, that's crazy. He man. even had young, young uh, Anika on that joint. Yeah. That's before she was Nicki Minaj. She was Anika. Yeah. yeah. I was a. Uh, it might sound blasted boring. <laughs> <laughs> I was a sophomore in. High school, or sorry, I was a sophomore in college when that album came out. Oh, wow. Nine years ago. Go ahead, date yourself then. Oh. I don't even wonder why I was at nine years ago. I was going to say, yeah, where are you dating yourself here? Yeah, I might have been a rookie in the NFL. Uh, Arthur Monks, <laughs> last time uh, the Bengals and the Steelers linked up, it was Monday night here in Pittsburgh. Steelers, desperate for that first win of the season, uh, got a comfortable victory. 27-3. Mm-hmm. to three. Yes. Is there anything that the Steelers can do... I think maybe particularly more so on the offensive side of the ball, to have a, a comfortable, a large win margin against these Bengals once again. Yeah, I think if they can create some of those turnovers that we talked about, that definitely bodes well for them in terms of getting that comfortable style win. Because let's be real about it, Ryan Finley isn't scaring anybody. No, Their offense outside of Joe Mixon isn't scaring anybody. So they have no real opportunities to make plays from an offensive standpoint. I agree. So if, they're, if they can create these turnovers, that's going to ultimately lead to points where there is seven or three. You want it to be seven once you capitalize on these turnovers. But even if they're getting three, the lack of Bengal threats and productivity from an offensive yeah. standpoint, it kind of handicaps you in terms of what you can do if you're playing from behind. It's 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 Joe Mixon. I mean, if you wanna, yes. if you want to look at one way right for them to win this game, it's got to be Joe Mixon. Yes, right? and Joe, that's, Joe that's Mixon it. is absolutely the only one that you watch and you're like, okay, he presents challenges. He can have some opportunities from a mismatch standpoint 
that's going to have people concerned. But outside of him, I'm not really confident in them. And the reason why I'm not even all the way confident in Mixon's abilities with them is because the offense line is so bad. Yeah. He's going to take a ton of shots. He's going to have a ton of people in his face early and often before he can get going. And that's what makes me even more confident in terms of not feeling that that offense is going to be able to generate any type of productivity versus the Steelers defense. I'm with you. It's, uh, oh, man. It's certainly one that, hey, I said I think it's going to be low scoring, right? Remember yesterday when we gave our predictions, I Mm -hmm. said I don't think it's going to be aesthetically pleasing, at least for those of you that enjoy offense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember you saying that. Because a low-scoring game is always aesthetically pleasing to Motsi. Makes me happy. (laughs) Uh, But, yeah, I I just – I think there's – I think the Bengals are going to try and – man, almost kind of like we saw from the Steelers at points earlier in the year when they were getting Mason Rudolph in in the picture. The Bengals are going to try and just stay in the game, right? Do enough on offense to stay productive. Hope your defense makes some plays. Don't make any mistakes. Uh, It's going to be a a, a rudimentary, maybe, is the word that I'm looking for. Game plan from the Bengals in that regard. I I expect them most to play it close to the vest, you know, and again, just kind of hope that they can hang in there and and enough things will fall their way that it's still a close game in the fourth quarter. Yeah, that has to be their mentality because they don't have – when we talk about from a game planning standpoint, they don't have – any of those mismatches. Like when we talked about the Browns last week, we said, hey, they do have some players, legit players that can cause issues. We talked about how if we had to trade personnel, they had a lot of players that we would say, you know what? Yeah, we wouldn't mind you guys being over here. That's not the case this week. In terms of all things considered, everybody healthy, who do you want? When we're healthy, we're good to go over here. We got the pieces in place. I think that's the biggest difference Mm-hmm. When you're talking about this Bengals right, team and right. why that their mentality has to be, hey, try to make it messy, try to make it nasty, and if we just stick around, maybe a player go our way in a crunch time in a critical moment. But other than that, I don't really see where they can feel the most confident. If I'm this Bengals team, the thing that I'm focusing on right now is, hey, we have to find a way to create turnovers off of Mason. He's coming yes. off of four interception performance. Yes. He's a young quarterback. Young quarterbacks that turn the ball over struggle the following week because mentally it lingers until they show that fortitude of making enough positive plays where they can be a, they can be sure of themselves. That's typically the department where they suffer at. So if you're this Bengals defense, that's the only thing you're thinking about. And then from there, you're saying, hey, if we get the ball on a short field because of a turnover, heavy dose Joe Mixon, worst case, kick the field goal, Randy Bullock. That has to be their mindset. Yeah. That has to be their mentality. Just get points and we can get them and yeah. hope to hang in there. Just hang in there. Hang in there and, and make sure we don't turn the ball over ourselves. Going to get to the Here We Go song in just a minute here. But before we do, Arthur Motes, I wanted to ask you about that contest last night, the big AFC South showdown against the Colts and the Texans. The Texans getting the win to move them to 7-4 and four to give them the inside edge in that game. The AFC South is is bizarre to me. <laughs> like, I keep waiting for the Texans to look really good, you know, to kind of break out. Oh, and, to be the team that everybody talks about them as? Right, right. And, and I, I'm looking at the game last night, and they're like, oh, it's the Texans. I'm like, they got to have, like, eight wins. Nah. Seven and four? Seven and four. And yeah. last night they were six and four at the time. Right, exactly. And I just, the whole AFC North, I don't think there's a bad team in there. Yeah, but I just don't think it's a really good team in there. I mean, you look at you look at Deshaun Watson and DeAndre Hopkins, and yes, I know J.J. Watt's out for the year for the Texans. That's a big loss. Obviously, that's a massive loss. That's their captain on defense. That's, not like they haven't been without him before, though. But it's not like they haven't been without him before. And 
Yeah, and the Colts, too. Like, I keep thinking the Colts are a pretty good football. Every single game they've played this year, except for one, has been a one-score game. It's crazy. But I just don't know what to make of the AFC South. Uh, I I think the Texans are going to win it. But, I, I mean... So you think the Texans are going to win it? You got to think going into that game, the Colts were three and one in the division. It's true. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> T.Y. Hilton was not happy with his performance last night. Well, you know he was limited too, man. Obviously dealing with some injuries. Get back on the short week, it definitely hurts you in terms of availability standpoint. But overall, man, I still think that division is is a two horse race, man. Yes. I know people want to say it's wide open. I think it's a two horse race between the Colts and the Texans. I agree. As bad as we've seen the Colts play sometimes. They tend to match up really well with the uh, the Texans, and I think that's one of the reasons why those games look like how they do in that division as a whole looks how it does. Yeah, Texans three and one in the division, Colts three and one in the division. A lot of everybody in that division plays close games, Motsi. Oh yeah, uh, get this: the Texans, uh, if you look at their net points for the year, right, mm-hmm. they're plus sixteen. So pretty close to even. The Colts, plus 18. The Titans, plus 6. Like, those are teams that are playing in a lot of close – winning, playing in a lot of close football games. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Jaguars, the only team in that division with a losing record, but they're 4-6. and six. It's not like they're the Cincinnati Bengals. Or it's not like they're 1-9 they're, <laughs> you know, or something like that. They're 4-6. and six. They're a result away from being 500 as well. I just, man, I feel like every time the Texans have played so far this year, I've sat down and I've been like, all right, well, here it comes, right? Here's going to be the big offensive performance. They're going to look like the team that could maybe win the AFC. And I don't know. I'm just just left desiring a little bit more. Just a little bit more. Yeah, I agree with you, buddy. But you know what never leaves the people desiring Uh a little bit more? You talk about it. The Here We Go song. Here we go. Now listen, I know some people wanted to call into Tunch and Wolf and blame us. Listen. They said, oh, Wes Wes and Moats came on your show last week and they sung that song and the Steelers lost. All right, that's fine. You want to blame us for Thursday? That's fine. That's fine. But you you put some respect on them other four weeks too, big buddy. You give us credit for the first four weeks. Four weeks. So we're four and one since we officially started singing this song. Four victories, one defeat. And we're looking, we're looking to push it. To five wins. It will be. Against them I guarantee Cincinnati it. I stand by it. Bungles. So here is our Cincinnati version of the Here We Go song. Here we go. I got to turn down our mics a little bit here. You know, we get excited. Here we go. Steelers. Here we go. Pittsburgh's gone to the Super Bowl. Cheer the Steelers, back in the goal. Here we go. This town of Pittsburgh's heart and soul. Here we go. The Stiller Nation has the best has radio host. Oh, yeah. yeah. yeah listen to Electric Factory with Euler and Moats. Here we go. Hey! 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 I almost jumped yeah. the gun there. Don't be doing that. Take your time. Here All right, you got to let it breathe for a second. Now it's showtime. Here we go. All right, Wes, drop that verse. Drop that verse. Woo! Back to Ohio. Again we go. We're going to Ohio. These ain't the Bengals we used to know. The Bungals. No more Dalton. No A.J. Green. Nah, bro. The defense gonna make Ryan Finley scream. Here we go. Ah! I'm scared. Ah! T.J. Watt. Ah! Bud Dupree. Oh, my God. Cam Hayward. Ah! Take back to NC State, please. Drop that verse two, West. Verse two. Woo! Cincinnati. Oh, 
and 10. Oh, and 10. A long season. They've yet to win. They suck. Perfect time for the Stellars to get right uh-huh. and bring the Esca loser to life. Here we go. Bring it. Bring it. Bring it. Yeah. Go Steelers. Go Steelers. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Aye. All right. Got to finish strong. Hey, Wes, give him that heat. Last first. Last first. Wes, go with a bang. Woo. On Sunday, since he will feel great shame. Shame. Pointing fingers, they'll all be to blame. Man, it's your fault. It's your fault. They play in the jungle, yeah, that's what they claim. Snow you jungle. better keep that same energy when Watt comes to maim. Hey. Here we go. Rawr! Rawr! You're no bingo. You're a little cat. No. Wow. Stop it. Wow. Yeah. Steal us. Our time. Pittsburgh's gone to We take it. We the king of the jungles. Pittsburgh, baby. Pittsburgh. Meow. There you go. Meow. Week 12. Are we in week 12 of the NFL season already? Meow. Is that? Is that? As I, as I drop a remote here in the, in the studio. Are we in week t- I'm trying to look at this schedule. One, two, three, four, five, six. By week seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. Tw- okay, week 12. Yeah, this is week 12. Wow. Wow. Week 12. Time been flying. Need to- <laughs> Mark chimes in on Twitter here. Need to work in a line about how we hate Ohio State. <laughs> O-H. Oh, no. <laughs> uh I know we're going to do get the paper and, and you know, the, get show the you paper. the money later on. How are you feeling about that Penn State-Ohio State? O-H-I-O. I mean, I think they win the game, but what is it, like 19 points? No respect for them boys. O-H-I-O. <laughs> oh, I'm just man. mad. Do we get Chase Young back or we still win another week? Chase Young's back. Hey, O-H-I-O. So here's my question. If, if, it's, if that's true, right, if Ohio State covers, say they win by, like, three touchdowns, 21 points. You said James Franklin leaves and goes to the UFC after that? Well, I was going to say, does he, <laughs> does he take the USC job this week or right. next week? <laughs> <laughs> when do you want to move to Southern California? <laughs> and if you need a plus one, let me know. On Twitter, at Wesley Euler, at TheBody52. TheBody. When we come back, all right, that was my time to shine there with the Here We Go song. Uh-oh. When we come back, we will get into the X's and O's of Steelers Bengals as Ooh. Arthur Motes will give you his five-star Friday. Ooh. Five matchups that will most determine the outcome of Steelers Bengals Sunday afternoon in Cincinnati. What are they? Uh-oh. Well, you got to come back with us to find out. There it is. Five Star Friday is next. You are in the electric factory with Euler Remotes on the day before the day before. The penultimate to the penultimate? That's good. That's good. <laughs> it's Steelers <laughs> Blitz on SNR. Euler and Motes are on the air. This is the Steelers Blitz on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. SNR, Steelers Nation Radio. Good afternoon, Steelers Nation. How we doing? I'm hungry. Well, that's good. (laughs) Euler Remotes with you here inside the Electric Factory on the day before the day before the penultimate to the penultimate as we get ready for Stellas Bengals. One o'clock in Cincinnati on Sunday afternoon. 
You want to chime in in the next hour? You already know the drill on Twitter at Wesley Euler at the Body Fifty Two. The Body. Where the reviews are rolling in for the Here We Go song, Mozi. As for, they first off, how do. you gonna be good? It's good that I'm hungry. I'm just throwing it out there. Listen, you're the one who's trying to throw me off. All right. I'm, how are you doing? I am singularly. I am good. singularly focused. <laughs> Every time that one o'clock hits, I'm singularly focused. I like it. You can't throw me off my game. I like it. That's good. <laughs> That's why you are my guy. David chiming in. Props for fitting in the Escaloser. You know I had to get an Escaloser oh, yeah. line in there. Major uh, shots at them boys. Mark and Thrash and Rebecca, the lit one, all lit, saying that they lit. love the, the kitty cat sounds, the cat sounds. Meow. We'll, uh, we'll sing that one more time. For those of you maybe just joining us, maybe you missed it, maybe you only caught the end of it. Before we get out of here, about, you know, 145 or so, about 45 minutes from now, I will sing the Here We Go song one more time. But Arthur Motes, as the good people know, you know, Fridays mean a lot of things around these parts. What does that mean? One of those things, one of our favorite things means that it's time to really look ahead until Sunday. What are the biggest matchups that will determine the winner, the outcome of Steelers-Bengals? Well, there's only one way to find out, and that's through Five Star Friday. It's a five-star matchup because we're in it. Five-star matchup! Everybody we play is a five-star matchup because we're in it! Alrighty, ladies and gentlemen, let's talk five-star matchups. Now, the first five-star matchup we're going to get into are the Steelers running backs and offensive line. Yes, the reason why I say running backs and offensive line because obviously there are some injuries at both positions. There are some new faces going to be in there in both positions. But the running backs in the offensive line of the Steelers versus the Bengals' front seven. They have to establish the run. We spoke about this earlier. We talked about how this Bengals' front, this Bengals' defense as a whole, has allowed over 1,600 yards on the ground. That's pretty much five yards per tote. That is unacceptable. Let me say that again. Unacceptable. One more time. So what? Unacceptable. So with that being the case, Steelers' running backs, Offensive line, we need you. This is your week. We need a get right. We need a bounce back. And this is one of those things where you have to dominate. And this is the matchup for you to dominate. And after that, it's going to be a great day, baby. So that's the first matchup. I didn't give you the proper intro for you your didn't. first one. It's cool. You slacking a little less than ready. You were looking at me, and I was like, wait a second. What's he looking at me for? I was and waiting. I just had the light bulb moment now, yeah. 60 seconds later. It's cool. So, it's, cool. it's cool. You know what? I'll bring that same energy now. Yeah, yeah. Five-star <laughs> Friday. Matchup number two. All righty. Now we're in the game, baby. And with that being the case, the second matchup is the Steelers pass rush. Yes, Bud Dupree, TJ Watt, Cam Hayward versus the Bengals O-line. Yes, that Bengals offensive line that has allowed 36 sacks. Oh, what? 36? What? Thir- Jerome, Jerome Bettis? Bettis? Yeah, Jerome Bettis like, amount like, of sacks. Like 3-6 Mafia number what? of sacks? Like, hey, sipping on some scissor. Yes. <laughs> 36 like, sacks. Gotta stay fly. Gotta get after the quarterback. Now, with that being the case, man, you talk about how the Steelers got after this Bengals offensive line the first time they played. Steelers did a phenomenal job of creating pressure, creating havoc up the middle. And when you do that, 
you're going to make that offense look very uncomfortable. You're going to make Ryan Finley look super uncomfortable, a rookie who does not need the added pressure no of having to escape these monsters. Yes, no doubt. those monsters in the front seven for the Steelers, those pass rushing fools, those guys, this is a matchup they have to dominate, and they will. So that is my second five-star matchup. Five-star Friday, matchup number three. Now, the third five-star matchup, baby, are the Steelers versus the Bengals, both teams, and the turnover battle. Mm. When you talk about the Bengals in the turnover department, this guy, these guys are minus 11. Minus 11 on the year in the turnover department. That's less than ideal. It's very JV. That's very below the line. That is just flat out unacceptable. That's how you get to 0-10. Absolutely. Absolutely. We need to make those turnovers that minus 11 match their record. Be 0-11. That's how it needs to happen. Now, when you talk about this Bengals team as a whole being minus 11 in the turnover battle, they've turned the ball over in every game except two this season. That is crazy that to is think crazy. about. You are not protecting the ball. You are that's, – that's malpractice. That's negligence on the part – of the offense as a whole and to add to that they're not generating enough turnovers on the defensive side of the ball to counteract it now when the Steelers when you talk about their defense they forced turnovers in every game except mm -hmm. two the opener and last and week. last week and last week let's be real a lot of the lack of turnovers that we saw was due to the lack of pressure or sure. the ability of Baker being able to escape the pass rushers mobile guy Finley isn't Baker no, Finley not moving like that. No. And Finley definitely ain't getting the ball off fast like Tom Brady, baby. So with that being the case, those turnovers will happen. We will see turnovers from this Steelers defense. And the thing that I love about the Steelers defense, something that you touched on a little while ago, they turned them points into seven, huh? They turned mm -hmm. them turnovers into touchdowns. That's mm -hmm. what they've been doing. So look for them to bounce back in a big way in that department come Sunday in the jungle. Five-star Friday. Matchup number four. All right, ladies and gentlemen, the fourth five-star matchup. Mr. Randy Faithner versus Lou. Lou who? Anna Ruma? Anna who? Anna who? Anna the what? Cindy Lou who? Well, she sounds hideous. That's who Lou is. And in this matchup, I need you, Randy Faithner. You remember that creativity that you had? When you played these Bengals on Monday night early in the season, when you broke up that Wildcat, Keep that when you same were wheeling energy. and dealing, when you were finding ways to get guys involved, I need that from you, Randy. You know why I need that? Because you're not going to have your full gamut of weapons. Juju, more than likely unavailable. James Conner, more than likely unavailable. Marquise Pouncey, unavailable. Deontay Johnson, we don't know his availability just yet. Benny Snell, we don't know just yet. So with that being the case, I need you to get in that lab. I, hey, you my guy. You know that, baby. Do it how you do. Come up with those, create, those creative ways. If you want to go flea flicker, do the flea flickers. If you want to go reverses, do the reverses. Screen plays, double screen plays. Use your athletes. Use your creative juices to ultimately take advantage of a Bengals defense that has struggled mightily and get this offense rolling. They need to score points. They need to have a fast start. Don't have this offense looking very pedestrian. Don't have this offense looking very uh, homesick. Lou Anarumo is the defensive coordinator for the Cincinnati Bengals. I don't care who She is. sounds hideous. Sounds hideous. You know, I don't like Lou either. You know why? Why? You want to know where he cut his teeth? Who? Where? Marshall. Ooh. Defensive backs coach. We are Marshall. 
I don't like them boys. Ooh, wee. Uh, most recently, last year. The only year, Lou I like is Lou Will. What about Lou Williams? That's Lou Will. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. This is what I'm saying. Don't worry Way about it. Way over my head. You're good, bro. You're good. I what mean, about Lou Williams? Who is this Lou Will guy? Have what you heard of Lou Williams? Have you heard of Lewis Williams? What about Lou Holtz? I mean, nah, uh, Notre Dame. Nah, I'm good on that, bro. What about Lou Gehrig? Nah, I mean, he's got a that, disease man. named after him. Uh, I'm cool on that. I don't want the disease. I'm cool. <laughs> Last year, Lou Anarumo was the defensive back coach for the New York football Giants. And we saw how his, that turned out. In his first year as D.C. with the Cincinnati Bungles. Mm-hmm. Five-star Friday! Matchup number five. All right, ladies and gentlemen, you wanted it. Now here it is, the fifth and final five-star matchup and it is a key matchup it is a critical matchup in fact this might be the most important matchup of all the five-star matchups ladies and gentlemen it is the Steelers verse the Steelers whoa yeah usually you have to pay double for that kind of action I know man but hey for you guys I'm gonna give it to you for free all right now with that being the case the Steelers have to focus on the moment that's why Steelers versus Steelers because they know it was a crazy situation all of last week, right? Mm-hmm. Short game, Thursday night game, it ended terribly. And then from then on, it lingered into this week. Through all the allegations, through all the conversations, the appeals, it's been so much conversation about everything that transpired last week that when have we talked about the Bengals? When have we, when has anyone, today, if you're looking from a, <laughs> and if you're looking from a national standpoint, nobody has talked about this Bengals team in this Steelers matchup because you know what's next week, right? Oh, we're doing it again. Steelers and Browns. Steelers and Browns. Another stinking team from Ohio. So in that regard, it's important that the Steelers do not allow themselves to overlook this opponent. Yes. It's important that they do not allow themselves to come out there and be less than ready because they are dwelling on what happened last week. It's important that they do not allow themselves to come out there and not have the focus, to not operate within the minutia that is going to be necessary. For them guys to win singularly focused without a doubt so that's why it's going to be critical that's why this is my fifth and final five-star matchup because Steelers have to be locked in to get this victory on the road in the jungle first the Bengals. one more time Arthur Motes, run us through the gamut. The five-star Friday matchups, the five matchups that will most determine the outcome of Steelers-Bengals on Sunday. Yes, indeed. So the first five-star matchup. Steelers running backs slash offensive line versus that Bengals front seven establishing the run because the Bengals have allowed over 1,600 yards on the ground. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, 1,600. Oh, yuck. Now the second one, Steelers pass rushers. Yes, TJ, Bud, Cam. Need all you guys versus that Bengals offensive line that has struggled mightily in pass protection. They've allowed 36 sacks, and we're not even going to count the pressures. (laughs) Now, the third matchup, Steelers versus Bengals in the turnover department. Because the Bengals are minus 11 in their turnover ratio for the season. That is terrible. They've turned the ball over in every game except two. And with that being the, the case, the Steelers' defense has forced the turnover in every game but two. So this bodes extremely well for the Steelers' defense, and this is something that they have to capitalize, especially with the potential mishaps on offense due to some of the injuries and new guys stepping into bigger roles. So it's going to be important that the Steelers take full advantage of that matchup. The fourth matchup in my five-star matchup. Randy Feekner versus Lou Anarumo. Anahudahu. Anahadaha. 
Never heard of him. And she sounds hideous. And Randy Feekner, we need that creativity that you displayed a couple weeks ago on Monday night versus this same Bengals team. We need that creativity. Find ways to get your players the ball in ways that they are comfortable and the ways that they can be most productive. That's on you, Randy. I know you can do it. You are the guy for the job. Go ahead and show the people. Give the people what they Give want. Give the people what they want. And the last one, the fifth and final five-star matchup, uh, will be the Pittsburgh Steelers versus the Pittsburgh Steelers. Because they the have to. In the mirror. They have to focus on the moment. They cannot allow themselves to dwell on what happened last week. They cannot allow themselves to dwell on the appeals process. They cannot allow themselves to look ahead into the matchup this next week versus that exact same team that's been dominating the headlines since Thursday night. It's going to be critical that they lock in, that they focus on those details, because if they don't, it could be a very, very bad day for those guys on the road. So with that being the case, Steelers versus Steelers, make sure y'all win that battle pretty please. There it is. Your five-star Friday, the matchups that will most determine the outcome of Steelers-Bengals Sunday afternoon. It's a five-star matchup because we're in it. Five-star matchup! Everybody we play is a five-star matchup because we're in it! When we come back here, we'll get to some of your reaction on Twitter. At Wesley Euler at the Body 52. The Body! And also look around the league as we get ready for our show me the money, get that paper picks. That's the get the paper. We'll look at what else is going on around the National Football League on Sunday as well. Inside the Electric Factory, you're listening to Euler Remotes. It's Steelers Blitz on SNR. This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. Looking around the National Football League, Arthur Motes, it's a... Last week we said it wasn't a great weekend of games. What it look like? It looks nice this weekend. Ooh wee. There's some juicy ones. I'm talking juicy. There's some, uh, dare I even say, some games in here that are going to have some Euler Emotes trash talk ramifications. Ooh. 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 But we'll get there in a second. We'll get there in a second. You get your chance. You get your chance. Let's take a look at these slate of games here. And how it relates to the the spread lines as well, too. The Buccaneers at the Falcons. Uh, Atlanta suddenly a team that, man, the defense looks uh, completely different. Uh, Matt Ryan has is still finding a way to put up points. They've now won, what, two or three in a row? Two in a row, I think? Two in a row, but two very impressive yeah. albums. I mean, obviously Particularly they win. Particularly the Saints. Yeah, beat New Orleans, and then they beat, uh, who is it? The Panthers, correct? The Panthers, yes. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh Falcons are at home. This game's in Atlanta. The Bucks traveling to the ATL. Falcons are four and a half point favorites. I think I'd I think I'd like the Falcons in that one, Motsi. I don't think they win big, but I I'd take the Falcons by six, the Falcons by a touchdown. Okay, okay, okay. I'm picking up what you're putting now. Yeah, and I these aren't official picks. Right, you know, right, right. Yeah, but say we're not official right we're now. Just we're just kicking talking. around kicking around the rest of the slate yeah, in the National yeah. Football League. We, yeah. we, we ain't got to what we're getting to yet. I'm surprised the Denver Broncos roll into Buffalo to take on your Buffalo Bills. Let's go, Buffalo. Uh, the Bills are only favored by four points. And, hey, I think you know I don't I don't completely trust the Bills. Don't be hating. 
but it feels like Denver had like their best week, their best performance of the season last week against Minnesota. Listen, man, don't be hating. That they kind of emptied the kitchen sink, if you will. How'd that work out for them, anyways? <laughs> and they ended up losing still okay, because your boy Kirk Cousins, a little Kirk Magic. You like that? <laughs> uh, I think I'll take the Bills uh, to win and to cover that minus four. You better believe it. The New York football giants at the Chicago Bears. Hey, Mozi, if you like offense, don't watch this game. Ah, But if you're a defensive guy, still don't watch this game. I think the Bears win, but the Giants cover. I, don't, I can't see the Bears beating uh, anybody by six points. By more than six? By by seven? offense is so atrocious. Oh, oh my god! It is in Chicago, though. It is in Chicago. Well, hold on, hold on. Who's going to be the quarterback for the Bears? Is it going to be Chase? I don't think they've announced yet. Yeah, because they made the switch last game. Because they've been talking about Chase, but Trubisky practiced yesterday. So I'm not sure. Because it was kind of weird even when they made the switch. It wasn't as if, hey, Mitch is the reason why you want to make that switch just right then in that moment. Right. Like, if this was something that you were going to make because of the accumulation, sure, you make that prior to the game start. You don't make that move during it. So that was a bad look from an optic standpoint. But, whew. It's going to be unique, baby. We'll see. But that is another one that won't be aesthetically pleasing if you like offense. Yeah. Definitely <laughs> with your brother. The Dolphins heading to Cleveland. Miami against the Browns. The Browns suddenly 10.5 point favorites over the Dolphins? Man, they prisons of the moment. You're I, I get those. it that it's been a, a week of hope in Cleveland that they think that they still got an opportunity to make a playoff push. But Do you think they do? No. Heck no. Not without Miles Garrett. Certainly not without Miles Garrett. Uh, I'm with you 100%. Yeah. He's I mean, the one. If you don't have him, if you don't have him, that defense is not. I mean, again, we talked about this, I think, a little bit on Monday. Other than Baker Mayfield, he is the one guy that they could have not afforded to lose. Absolutely. And that's, I mean, you know, that's any that's any team with their quarterback. You can't afford to lose that guy. After the quarterback, Miles Garrett is the biggest cog that makes that team go. They got hope in Cleveland. Ten and a half, though? Be Dolphins. Nah, this is, this isn't the think, week one or week two Dolphins Right, anymore. and I was going to say the Dolphins have been playing extremely good yeah. these past weeks. Granted, Buffalo got them pretty good on the uh, this past week, but that was more so Josh Allen in a hockey term standing on his head. We don't expect like that all that. the time. Look hey, at man, you. shout out. You know what I'm saying? Standing I, I, on his head. Hey, man, I watch a little bit every once in a while. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? But with that being the case, man, I think this uh, Dolphins team is definitely playing enthused, and I don't think that they're going to lay down. I think they understand that even though – the game is in Cleveland. They got to go on the road. I think that they like that mindset of being able to go in and play spoiler a little bit because they know if they get that win, what it's going to mean. Oh, they yeah. know the, the ramifications for the Browns. They'd end, on their they'd, last end their, they'd end their season. Yeah. Yeah. Miami would go to Cleveland and end their season. Hey, here's the helping. Oh. <laughs> Panthers at Saints. The Saints, 10 point favorites. 10. Motsi, I know. 10. I know one thing. Ten? I know a lot of things when it comes to, you know, picking games and spreads and things of that nature. One of the things that I know is that division games are typically pretty close. Yeah. Ten points? That's not close. No, the Panthers won't be embarrassed back-to-back weeks. I think the Saints win, but the Panthers cover. I definitely agree. Ten points. And and shout-out to Mr. 99 uh, rating now, too, man. Yeah, Christian McCaffrey, yeah, youngest so, guy yeah. ever in Madden history, right? Yeah, so I don't see him getting getting a ten point L right here. I'm just not seeing it happening. And they, like I said, everybody in the division plays each other so Particularly tight. Particularly that division. That man. division. <laughs> out of all the other ones, that's the one where you're just like anybody could be anybody. It's such a crapshoot. Any week, week in there, man. Yeah, I mean the Saints are clearly the best team in that division, but when they when they go head to head, it is. I mean, you say clearly the best team. Ask the Falcons how they feel about well, those that's guys. That's true. That's true. It's a good point by you. Yeah. 
The Raiders, all of a sudden. Is it Raiders? Are there much of the? This is the question you I asked you this on Monday. Are the Raiders for real? Do we have to have start having that conversation? Are the Raiders for real? If they take care of business going west coast to east coast in New York, this big city with the bright lights, they can get that W there. I think they do become for real because this Jets team, even though they aren't what they were hoping they were going to be, they still have talent. They still have yep. been playing well. Darnold's looked a little bit better. Yeah, the past I mean two they're coming weeks. off the nice win over this past weekend. Jamal and, Adams is still Jamal yeah. Adams. And they use him, I mean, him blitzing he's, right he's now. So, he's he's so just a, good. a playmaker. He reminds me of, of uh, the Honey Badger, man. Yeah. Like, just in terms of how they utilize him all over the field and how productive he's. And he's not just like a single, oh, put you in the middle of the field type safety. Best safety in the National Football League for your money right now? I'm going Minka. Yeah? Yeah. Even over Jamal Adams? Yeah, I'm going Minka. Just because Minka's give me splash. I mean, you give me either two of those guys. And but I'll you can't be, go I'll wrong. Happy. <laughs> but I feel like they're drastically different, though. Minka's they more are. middle field. Yes. He's going to oversee, think, Ed Reed. Jamal Adams is more Troy Palomalu. He's going to be in the box. He's Correct. blitzing. He's all, and, I mean, isn't that the – that was the whole debate with those two guys anyways, why they played. Ed and Troy, you mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Ed and Troy, it's like hard yeah. to say who was better because one does this so well, one does the other thing so well. And then you had all those Eagles fans like, oh, Brian Dawkins. Mr. Second Ballot himself. Right. Ed Reed don't know nothing about that. Nah. Troy ain't going to know nothing about that. Nah. I – man, you know, Motsi, I'm going to call it right here. I – the Raiders have been one of the NFL's best stories, but I think Sam Darnold's looked better. I think the Adam Gase drama has slowed. They're moving from they're traveling from west to east coast. I, I gotta think. I know John Gruden does a good job of this, but I gotta think the Raiders are feeling good about themselves a little bit, feeling themselves a little bit. Yeah, absolutely, man. I'm taking the Jets. Mm, that's G- a bold move, Cotton. T S Jets Jets Jets. Hey, listen, man. L Bell, like him? Not that much. Give me Mr. Gruden. Give me Mr. Quarterback Coach on the road. As long I think as he gets it done. As long as Lev Bell doesn't refuse to take any more drug tests before well, the game. Yeah, and you know, and you know they're going to test him. You know the NFL is like, oh, you want to play that game? Okay. We're yeah. going to test you on Friday. Keep we'll that same see, energy, we'll big see fella. We'll see who's big and bad. Yeah. We'll see who's not doing it. Keep that same energy. Lions at the Washington team who shall not be named. What, Man, the Redskins? There's, there's a lot of 1 o'clock kickoffs this Sunday. Yeah. Uh, Lions are favored by... Three and a half points on the road. Jeff Driscoll giving more than a field goal on the road seems like a pretty big ass to me. I know the Redskins are a mess, but I think the Lions win that game by three. Redskins cover three and a half. <sighs> Jeff Driscoll covering more than a field goal? I don't know, man. I don't like that on at the all. road. I don't like I don't that like at that all, man. At all <laughs> as much as I'm like the Lions are a better team, I just don't like that at all. Nope. Gosh. Nope. That's tough. Lions win, but by two or three points? Max. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, here we go. Now we're getting into some of the Euler and some of the Euler and Moats connotation games. Oh, here, here we go. Seattle Seahawks at the Philadelphia Eagles. The Eagles are actually favored in this one, Motsi, by one and a half points. I, listen, I get the idea that um, this is the type of game over the last few years that the Eagles have won. Right? Yes. When they're backed into the corner, when no one believes in them, when everyone's picking against them. Uh, they did that against the Bills and the, and the Packers this year. I right. know they did that a few times last year. I, I feel like the Eagles' defense is, is getting a little bit better as they get healthier in the secondary. I do feel like, as much as we've talked about, I really like the Seahawks at an 8-2 and two team. I, I love Russell Wilson and Pete Carroll. But I do think they have some ways that they can be exposed. I do think they have some flaws a little bit more so maybe than some of the other teams that are sitting there with the really pretty records. I understand why this one is close. 
In the past, I've always picked the Eagles in these games, Motsi. Hey, keep that same energy. But if you're giving me I've, – I've, I've said this about two guys, right? There's two mm-hmm. guys, and I think you know who. If you're giving me these two guys and points, I'm always going to take them. Aaron Rodgers is one. Russell Wilson is the other. So if you're giving me Russell Wilson and points, I'll take Seattle plus one and a half. Yeah, I love that as well, man. I'm not going against Russ, and I do not like your Eagles. So with that being the case, baby, I'm going to keep that same energy. A little AFC South we were just talking about. Jags at Titans. Two teams trying to find their way. Nick Foles back into the fold for Jacksonville. The Titans, three-point favorites. I think the Jaguars win. I do. It just feels feels like um, feels like uh, their their run defense for Jacksonville has been playing really solid. The Titans are going to have to have to have a big game from Derrick Henry, I think, to get a win here. Uh, I will go Jacksonville in a close one. I don't know. I like Derrick Henry. Yeah, I think I think he presents some challenges. My fantasy team likes Derrick Henry yeah, this year too. I think I'm gonna roll with them on that one, man. Give me Derrick Henry and them boys, man. Another Euler remotes connotation game here. Uh-oh, uh-oh. What we got? What we got, 425 man? 425 on Sunday. The Cowboys at the New England Patriots. Arthur Motes, it's your boy Dak against my boy Tom Brady. Game's in Dallas, right? No, the game's in New England. Oh, man. Patriots are favored by six and a half. Six and a half? Six and a half. Almost a tutty. Almost a tutty. I, uh, I, I got a feeling... The Cowboys keep it close, but the Patriots win. Six and a half. I actually like the Patriots to win by seven. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. If, if they win by seven, do I cover? Am I good? If they win by seven, you're good. Yeah, six yeah, and a half. Have them win by seven. And then the last Euler Motes connotation game here, Motsi. Green Bay Packers. Oh, uh, yo, boy. At the San Francisco 49ers. Oh, we're going to see how for real these Niners are. We're going to see how for real these Packers are. Oh, it's going to get interesting, baby. This is a big best of the West game here. Hey, I like it. The Niners are favored by three. How you feel about that line? Where's the game at? In the Bay. In oh, Santa man. Clara. Let's get busy in the Bay then, man. Hyphy movement. I'm going Niners. I like that matchup. It's going to be a good one. Even though I, I love I'm so that, excited. I love that Sunday Packers night defense, game. though. Man, that Packers defense is playing nice. The uh, the Steelers-Browns getting flexed to 1 o'clock will allow me to be home in time for that game. Shout out to the schedulers. And for that, I will forever be grateful. Let's take a break here, Motsi. Let's do it. When we come back. What we got? Oh, you know what time it is already. I can't wait. Do I need to tell you? Do we need to tell yeah, people yeah, what time yeah. it is? Let them know. Let them Show know. me the money. Show me the money. When we come back, we will give our predictions. We will pick college football games, NFL games. We'll give our Steelers prediction, how we think that's going to turn out. And as always, I will, uh, I'll sing the Here We Go song one more time, and we'll get to your reaction as well. So if you got tweets, you got questions, comments, concerns, predictions, now's the time to get them in. At Wesley Euler at the Body 52 The Body. Show me the money in the Here We Go song when we return. You are listening to the Electric Factory. It's Steelers Blitz. You are inside the Electric Factory, I should say, listening to Steelers Blitz on SNR. This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. Oh, last segment on a Friday. That can only mean one thing. It's about time to show you the money. Cats to get the pay. 
Maple baby. Well, before we do that, let's go to Twitter here. Mm, we got some, uh, got some tweets, got some questions, got some comments. Don Juan points this out, and I hadn't seen this, but there was somebody at Cowboys practice, Arthur Most. Did you see this on the roof? Of a building. <laughs> what? Overlooking Cowboys practice. So, of course, the Spygate jokes <laughs> oh, man. have started to roll in. There was somebody overlooking Patriots or uh, Cowboys practice, pardon me, from a rooftop. And it's funny, someone did a Photoshop on Twitter where they zoomed in on the guy and then Photoshop Belichick's <laughs> face on it. But Don Juan let us know. He's saying Spygate. 2.0 Man, coming so after saying, us here. So he's saying my bills need to be worried a little bit. He's saying you better, <laughs> you better watch yourself. You better watch yourself. The lit oh, one, man. Rebecca, she's got a question here for us. Oh, okay. What up? She what up? said, I'm not trying to go uh, on the duck bandwagon, the asking for Duck Hodges bandwagon, but why don't I remember some of these same growing pains with Ben in 2004? I think, there's, I think there's two reasons, and then I'll let you hit on them. One is because, hey, Rebecca, 2004 was a long time ago. I don't remember much from 2004 either. <laughs> but there were growing pains with Ben, but I think they weren't as exacerbated as the ones with Mason because a couple things. One, Ben was a first-round pick. He was a top-20 pick, top-15 pick for a reason. He had a higher talent pedigree. Uh, he had a, a better run game and and a, a really good defense as well. I mean, hey, the Steelers went 15-1 and one that year. Uh you don't go 15 and one because of any one person. It, it, that was a that was a heck of a Steelers team. You could argue I think the best Steelers team in franchise history that didn't win the Super Bowl, along with maybe you know one of the teams in, in the 70s. Uh, I, that's that's where I come down, Motsi. A, a much better run game for Ben to lean on, and there were growing pains. We just don't remember them as much because it was 15 years ago. Yeah, uh, I agree with everything that you hit on right there. Also, you remember back then. The rule was Ben didn't throw the ball over, what, 20 times a game? I think it was 20 or 25 times a game because if they did, it was bad. It was it was, it was was not going to be a good situation for him. Now, I will say this. The difference between him and Mason is his accuracy for Ben has always been top-notch. That was never an issue. Obviously, he had to learn the different coverages and understand what he, can't, what he can and couldn't do with the ball and sure. things like that. But – he had the fundamental things down, and then you factor in the talent that he had in terms of him being a true first-round pick because it's the difference between you alleging that they have a first-round first grade on a player yeah. versus you actually taking a guy in the first round. I agree. And 100%. That's a big difference. Particularly, right, in a year where, I mean, Ben could have gone higher in the draft if it wasn't for Eli Manning and Phillip Rivers. No, like, He could have been the best, like the first one, quarterback took off the board if it wasn't for those two guys. That's, that's one of the best wide receiver drafts, or one of the best wide receiver, one like, of the best what? quarterback drafts in NFL history. Yeah, absolutely. And I think those are the things that you have to realize when you're talking about Mason. Even when people compare, oh, well, Baker Mayfield did it in year one, Kyler Murray's doing it in year one, these are top what the number one overall, overall pick. picks? Yeah, Heisman like, Trophy winners. Understand if you want to compare somebody, compare Mason to Sam Darnold. Look at how that looks. Compare him to how Josh Allen looked last year. Not everybody is coming in here as a number one overall pick and possessing that level of talent. Correct. And it's okay. It's okay. Yeah, <laughs> it's not the end of the world. That's why there's only 32 first round picks. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> Our new friend Gregory from the West Coast, from hey, the Pacific Time Zone. Yes, indeed. Shout out to the West Side. I wonder if he's listening live today. He said he usually catches us on the podcast. Yeah. Uh, he says, "Good morning, gentlemen." Gregory, you got to detail your work. Top, well, no, out there on the I West know, Coast. Top of the morning for so you, how baby. How do we judge that? I mean, is that okay for him to say good morning since it is morning for him, or does yeah. he have to respect our nah, East Coast? Nah, time it's zone? okay because, like I said, my <laughs> mother-in-law is on the West Coast and. 
if I text her in the morning, if it's okay. afternoon, my time, I'm like, oh, good morning, top That's of the true. morning. You know what I mean? So okay. When you say to her good morning, does she say, no, it's not, I'm bad, I'm hungry? No, she always says, oh, that's great to hear. And then she says some other things that I'm not going <laughs> to divulge on air. Uh, Gregory asks here, um, he, or asks and telling, he's saying he's got a feeling amongst Steeler Nation regarding the I tone, the tone and the attitude of our Ooh. offensive line and the defense in relation to this Cleveland drama. Uh, Gregory has a confident feeling that they are about to respond to all the disrespect and the audacity uh. and that they're going to be cold-blooded Sunday against the Ravens. Against the the against the Bengals. I'm all over the place. Here. <laughs> That's because you know normally when I'm thinking about the disrespect and the audacity and the cold blooded, I'm thinking about the uh, He's gonna. Uh, Gregory's predicting a uh, a quiet confidence, a response from the offensive line and the defense. Now I definitely agree with that, and a couple of reasons. The offensive line definitely got bullied and beat up last week versus the Browns on Thursday night. So I think. They have that bad taste in their mouth. They want to come back out there and show that they can still be viewed as one of the top offensive lines in this league. They understand. They hear the statistics about how they are in terms of run productivity. And then they hear about how they are in terms of pass protection. So that definitely bothers them because they're guys that pride they work. You also have guys like B.J. Finney who started one week, benched the next week, and now he's going to get another opportunity. So for him, you know, he's going to feel some type of way as well. He's going to want to go out there and prove something. Matt Fowler, contract year, he still has something to prove. Mm -hmm. Al Villanueva, he was coming off probably one of his worst performances to date. Yeah. He wants to come out there and show some. He he, he still has it and can still play at a high level. So I definitely think that the offensive line is going to be playing at a top-notch level. Now from a defensive standpoint, those guys have a bad taste because they were winning their matchups and losing when they came time to finish the play. In terms of finishing these sacks, these QB hits, they were lacking on the details just in a little bit. We talked about how guys were jumping at pump fakes or guys are having a chance to get a hand on Baker but not securing the sack and bringing them down. Not breaking down. I think in that regard, they're definitely going to have a chip on their shoulder and understanding that they need to capitalize on those plays if they are going to be the defense that they have shown they can be. They're bringing the the noise. They're bringing the heat into the jungle on Sunday afternoon. All right, before we get that paper, Uh we got to sing the Here We Go song one more time. All right. Our newest Friday tradition for those of you that missed it in the first hour, currently carrying a 4-1 record since we rolled it out. Here is the Pittsburgh Steelers Here We Go song, Cincinnati Bengals version. Here we go. Here we go. Pittsburgh's going to the Super Bowl. Here we go. Cheer the Steelers, back in the gold. Here we go. It's town of Pittsburgh's heart and soul. Here we go. The Steeler Nation has the best radio hosts. They listen to the Electric Factory, Euler, and Modes. Here we go. You hear it. Yeah. Yeah. Here we go. All right, hype man, let's go. Let's go. Let's drop that one verse. I need you, baby. Give me that heat. No time. Showtime. Back to Ohio again we go. Here we go. These ain't the Bengals we used to know. Who are these folks? Ocho Cinco. No more Dalton. No AJ Green. And the Steeler defense gonna make Ryan Fenley scream. Here we go. They coming for me. It's fun. Look at TJ Cam. You know what it is, baby. 
Yeah, that West, that new West. Here we go, mix, baby. Bengals edition. Shout out verse two. Woo! Cincinnati is 0 and 10. 0 and 10. A long season they've yet to win. They can't win. Perfect timing for the Steelers to get right mm-hmm. and bring the Esca loser to life. Here we go. A loser go down. A loser go up. Hello, you is it? You know what it is. You know what it is. All right, we gotta finish strong. First three, baby, killing West one time. Woo! On Sunday, since he will feel great shame. Shame. Pointing fingers, they'll all be to blame. It's your fault, man. They play in the jungle, yeah, that's what they claim. You better keep that same energy when what comes to maim. Here we go. Oh, yeah, we coming, baby. You're no big tiger. You're right. Bingo. Bingo. Pittsburgh's gone to the Super Bowl. Here we go. Here we go. You know what it is. There it is, the Cincinnati Bengals edition of our Here We Go song. Uh, good point here on Twitter by David Bishop. Uh, in relation to our conversation we had about the, the growing pains with Mason and not remembering as many with Ben, yeah. uh, Ben was replacing a journeyman quarterback. Mason is trying to replace a Hall of Fame quarterback. Big. Higher expectations. <laughs> David, you nailed it on the you hit the hammer hey. right, hit the nail right on the head there. A little difference coming behind Tommy Maddox. Good call there by David Bishop on the Twitter.com. All are, right, you saying, are you saying Tommy Maddox wasn't like that? Is that what you were saying? That was you. I'm saying Tommy Maddox was not a future first ballot Hall so you, of Fame so you quarterback. Really just yeah. disrespect Tommy Maddox like well, that. hold on. I got mad love for Tommy Gunn, all right? Man, Don't come you? On, man. Come on, you're always Tommy, trying to divide. Bro. You know, you're always trying to divide the people. Man, it's Tommy you know? Maddox. Come on, man. One good. thing that brings the people together, Mozi? We get the people. Show me the money. Show me the money! Guys, they get the paper. <laughs> All right, Arthur Motes. Gotta love that. Last week you came up. Well, I guess not last week because we had a we had a uh, a hot route last week. Yeah, it was a little different. Two weeks ago. Oh, you bringing up that from two weeks ago? You came. Well, you came with some picks. That's what I'm saying. I, I did. Know, I did. I want to know if you came with some picks again. Nah, I left it alone because last time I thought we was gonna all agree upon these picks, and you was over there trying to keep that different energy instead of keeping that same energy. So with that being said, I'm gonna make it where we go on the same thing, janky right. or not. I like it. I like it so far through 11 weeks. 23, 16, and 1? Well, you didn't add in the... the 24, 15, and 1. Right? We didn't do them last week. Who's on Thursday? No, but the prior week to that. I thought we did add them. I don't think so. What'd you have right now? I have have, uh, myself 28, 16, and 1. I have you 26, 18, and 1. I don't know about that, but all right, we rock with it. Because two weeks ago, I had a one-game lead on you. Last week you went three and two, I went four and one, which would push. Oh, we're good then. Let's do it, baby. Absolutely. All right. So you want me to start? We want to start in college here, right? Like we always do. Do it. Let's go out to the West Coast. West Side. West Coast. You talk about rivalries. UCLA, USC. Whew. Those are two teams that are familiar with each other. Does it get more rivalry than that? Uh, Arthur Motes, I'm going to go a a degenerate move here with you. Uh Uh-oh. I love when you do that. I think there's going to be a lot of points scored in this game. USC likes to score points. UCLA and Chip Kelly, we know Chip Kelly's all about and scoring points and not playing defense. Okay, okay, okay. The over-under for this game is only 65. What? 
Give me the over in UCLA USC. Ooh, you think it's gonna be like that over sixty five points? I'm gonna do the math. That's what thirty. So sixty six. So thirty three each at least per uh, team. I do kind of like that. Where's the game at again? The game is at USC, so it's at uh, the Coliseum, not the Rose Bowl. And I haven't even watched either of these teams. So you know what? Just for argument's sakes, I'm going to go under. <laughs> I like it. I like it. I like it. Straight no, like that. Under. Straight like that. And I know you're going to bet against me on this next one, too. Uh-oh, uh-oh. Give me that. Give me that. Let me hear it. One of my degener- degenerate rules is that I stay away from my Mountaineers. Ooh, are you going W? You, you're not going to go just money line, are you? You know, I, I don't, I don't like. You know what they say? You don't like the, you don't like the poop where you eat. You know, type uh, of thing. Ah, you little scaredy cat, you. The Mountaineers are coming off their best performance of the season. They're back home for the last. That's, time that's not this saying year. a lot, by the way. It's not saying a lot. <laughs> Se- senior day at Mountaineer Field, baby. Last home game of the year for the Mountaineers. Oklahoma State coming to town. I like the Pokes. I think they're good, but their quarterback is out. Oklahoma State going to ride with a new quarterback for Uh-oh. the first time. Need that new new. Mountaineers are getting seven and a half points. Seven. Yeah, give me the Mountaineers plus seven and a half. I don't know if they win, but I don't think they lose by more than a touchdown. Oh, man. I know oh, man. I don't even need to ask. Yeah, yeah. Whatever you pick, pick me opposite of them boys, man. Seven and a half. Are you serious? Dove who? Dove who? So you take an Okie State. I am. You you riding with Mason Rudolph and James Washington. Hey, boys. hey man, let's go Cowboys. <laughs> <laughs> Into the NFL moats. You're gonna like these two games that I got before we get to the Steelers. Oh, I'm looking forward to it, baby. What did I tell you? What did I just tell you last segment, right? That there's two guys. Two. That when you're giving me those guys and points, you rolling with them. I'm taking them every single every time. Every time. And it's happening back to back here. Aaron Rodgers is getting three and a half points going to San Francisco. Give me the Packers plus three and a half in the Bay. You got Packers plus three and a half? Yeah, buddy. Ah. You can give me Aaron Rodgers. Oh, and three and a half man. Aaron Rodgers is three and a half points. That's like stealing money. Bubba, man, I got to go with A.A. Ron. That's my quarterback in fantasy. If, if it's any week, you're going to give it to me, A.A. Ron. I need you I this like week, it. baby. So I let's like roll it. with it, baby. Let's I do like it. it. Let's okay. do it. And then the other one, I think you might be on my side with this one, too. Seattle Seahawks and Russell Wilson getting a point and a half. Going to Philadelphia. Oh, hey, absolutely. Philly's a tough place to play. No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> they've, they, they've had, again, like we said, they have done well in these type of games where, you know, you think that they're done, that they're back into a corner. But They are I'm, done. If I'm getting Russell Wilson in points, I'm taking it every single time. Give me the Seahawks plus one and a half against the Philadelphia Eagles. I hope my wife Morgan is not listening. Yeah, man, I don't believe in anything from Philly except their cheesecake and Chicky Pete's fries. Oh, so. oh Chicky and Pete. Chicky and Pete's just touch my soul, right? So you're oh. with me? Seahawks plus one and a half? Oh, without a doubt. It's not even close. Are you serious? Yeah. Is that a debate? You getting Russell Wilson in points? Man, I don't like Carson Wentz. Period. Yeah, you don't like anything. He's not better than Dak. In green, period. Except money. Except money? <laughs> and if they serve chicken and Pete's fries in a green container. Well, there, there, now, there we go. Now we're talking. Now you're talking. I like, I like right. my cheesecake. I like my Philly cheesesteak wrapper to be green from all the grease when I'm done eating Ooh. it. Other than that, I'm good. Now you're talking. Yeah. Now you're talking. Yeah. You're welcome. Now, I did that. for the big event, for the main event. Uh-oh. What we all been waiting for. The coup de gras. Is it halala? Steelers. Bengals. The Steelers are favored by seven points. Seven of them things. You want to go first? You want me to go first? Hey, man. Seven of them things? Ugh. 
I like the Steelers to win, Arthur Motes. You do. 17 to 13 is my prediction, but I do not like them to cover that seven points. So I'll take the Bengals and the, and then the seven points, but the Steelers win 17 to 13. Yeah, I'm agreeing with you in this situation right here because – yeah, that's a lot of points. <laughs> that's a, that means they have to win by more than a touchdown to cover. Exactly. Because and that's, if they just win by seven, we That's push. not enough. Yeah, yeah, that's not enough. So with that being the case, yeah, I got Steelers definitely winning. I don't think they cover, though, man. I see it something like, man, could be 15-10, honestly, man. Yeah. Five, it could be five field goals versus – you know, a touchdown on a field goal for them. Like, it could be Nine that type three, of game. something Just like that. One of them, we'd say very uh, unesthetically pleasing. Could be one of those games. So, with that being yeah. said, man, yeah, Steelers win, but, yeah, not covering. That'll do it for today's show. Thanks to everybody who chimed in. You know, we love your comments on Twitter. The Mega Watts, the As power grid. always, big shout-out to you guys. Hope you enjoyed the shows this week. We will be back same time, same place. On Monday? Oh, let's do it. We will talk to Yins on high noon on what will hopefully be a victory, victory Monday. Big shout out to the Electric Factory. You have been listening to Euler in Motes. We will talk to Yins same time, same place. Steelers Blitz, high noon on Monday, as always, on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, Steelers Nation Radio.